It's Opinions Are Cheap with Cameron and Chad. Hi, Chad. Hi. How are you? Oh, pretty good. You? Good, good. I'm drinking I'm drinking a little bit of the New Rift single barrel still. I still got most of that bottle left. I'm finding that with the uh the NA IPAs, I I I need to drink less in a in a week. They're really good supplements. And so if I drink less, then the bottle lasts longer, and then I feel less bad when I buy another expensive bottle. Yeah, I like that. So it's all it's all coming together. I've got a Corona Tropical Punch. Ooh, that sounds good. I've never had any of those. I kind of like it. I haven't had a good Corona in a long time either. They lobbied so hard to change it to COVID-19. <laughs> I had to like, like put that together for a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. No, they were they were like literal like there were bars and, and uh, grocery stores literally like putting up signs saying that this beer isn't infected. Like, hey, stupid. Oh, I do remember we, that. Yeah, people like weren't buying it because it said Corona, and that word is scary because they don't know what a Corona is. The uh, the the America country is has a lot of stupid people in it. I don't think that is a hot take. Oops. Oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah. So I don't want to talk about it for long. Uh, so I'll just say it now. I they, they announced a bunch of like Warcraft stuff today. Oh, uh, I so the patch just came out. So like we're in the middle of preparing for our first try for this new raid, and we're already seeing previews for what like the next patch is gonna be. And I don't know. I feel like it's cool to have so much content like moving so quickly, right? Yeah. Um. But the <laughs> what gets me is like there's almost too much information now where it's like I'm trying to get uh I'm I'm trying to get used to some of this new stuff that we're getting right at the present and getting ready for that stuff. Um so now I'm finding out there's like gonna be a new spec for the dragon class. Uh they're gonna add a bunch of new races to warlock, so now you can be like any race and be a warlock. Oh, they're doing that again, like what they did with their druid? Yeah. Um, I don't like that. Like, from lore reasons, that bothers me, and aesthetic reasons, that bothers me. And I'm sure it's stupid, and, no, and it's a net good. But I, I really liked that only certain things could be certain things. Like, it made you feel special. Well, and it's, like, especially because one of the races right now is the Lightforge Draenei, which are Draenei that are basically all paladins, and they're, like, their blood is replaced with light energy because they're like holy and their skin turns golden and you can just be a warlock now. Oh, neat. Is it, well, yeah, like, I mean, regular Draenei could be a warlock. I feel like that's that's taboo enough, but at least I can understand it with the Lightforged. It's like, how do you even do that? Yeah. Um. But here, just uh, just scroll through this. You don't have to read any of it, but just like look at all the talking points they put in this update. Open, open, open. I am waiting for a while. Head to open. There it goes. Do you want to enable desktop notifications for WoW news? No, WoWhead, I do not. New Mega Dungeon, Dawn of the Infinite. At least it looks kind of cool. I like the color scheme. Yeah. 
Welp daycare. Oh, that'll be for people to play with. Or class class. Class talent updates. New evoker spec. Yeah, there's a, there's a decent amount of stuff for like a mid-patch, because this isn't like a, a real big one, is it? I feel like... Yeah, it's oh no, a mid-patch. It's a new raid. So yeah, seems like a lot. And then also, like the new patch, the big patch that just did come out, I, there's a lot of stuff in it. <laughs> so, you know, it's that's been fun. I've been enjoying WoW time. The game's always kind of had this feeling of like, it's a job, and if you don't keep up, you fall behind, so you gotta keep playing to keep up. I guess that's, I know you've kind of said that sort of lessened a bit over the years and it's gotten easier and they understand that most of their player base don't have as much time, but I, I think it is like a core ethos of World of Warcraft that, no, we still want you to log in like pretty often to play. Like we can't totally remove the carrot on a stick. Oh, wow. So something else they're adding here. Um, so you know how the, they added this new flying system where it's like you swoop around and you, you have like momentum and gravity and stuff. Yeah. So it looks like they're going to be adding that to the whole world and not just this first, uh, new zone. And it's like, well, that Hey, you know, like that's a really like a huge, like benefit to playing that class. If they can move around that much faster than everybody else and actually well, have no, fun you get, doing it. You, you get a mount that does that. Oh, Okay. Um, so it's like, okay, it looks like they're going to add it to the whole world. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, but they just data mined here a list of, it looks like, if I'm reading this right, like, I think I'm reading it right. There's like 200 racetracks. Oh, that you can over. like, that's cool. That sounds fun. So, so there's these like time trials where you start on a mountaintop or something and you have to swoop down and go under this thing, go over that thing, whoosh, and go to do whatever. Um, so it looks like they're going to be doing those all over, which I kind of love that as a concept. Ooh, you can go to Ungoral Crater and do those. Ungoral Crater was really fun. I like that place. I I can imagine flying around that would be kind of rad. Dodging all the dinosaurs. Yeah, and just the big trees and stuff, too. Like, oh, that Feral should Loss be kind of cool scenic. Too. God, I get so fucking nostalgic when I read some of this stuff. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I'm in a good mood just because of that stuff. Yeah. How about you? What's uh, what's going on with you? Um, I guess we can seg- use this to segue into the topic, but I've been uh, I've been recording a, a vocal cover for the Frostbite Orc Kings. They're they're like main single. Um, I was working on that today and Tuesday and it's coming along pretty well, which is good because I've been in a really like hard slump with vocals and this is like kind of helped me claw my way out of it where things are fun again they feel good i can go for a while like everything is uh rolling ahead the gears are moving well i still wish i sounded better but i i, I think that'll always be a battle i'm chasing you know never gonna win but the the frostbite orc kings for those who don't know is an ai band uh, there's some asterisks there that I'll, we'll get into i think but largely the the, the project is uh, a bunch of musicians are getting together. They created this algorithm that they can feed data into, and it'll spit out music. And this was their first song. Um, it's a it's a melodic death metal band that sounds a lot like a Monomarth. Uh, the, all the characters are orcs, and it's part of this metal verse they're trying to create, where they're gonna have a bunch of different bands based on like elves and and dwarves and humans, and you know like this fantasy stuff. 
Um, they haven't talked a whole lot about that, but if you go to their site, it definitely is like, hey, this is the thing we're trying to do. And it's a really interesting project for a lot of reasons. Uh, the main one, and I, if we've talked about this before, I'm sorry, but like the main one is that like the songs they've released so far are are good. Like they don't sound like terrible AI garbage that typically when these things are set up, you feed feed it a bunch of songs and then it just generates noise. And sometimes the riffs are good and sometimes they suck, but mostly it's like kind of just this weird background, you know, never ending gent or never ending arc spire or never ending whatever genre. So the fact that this is like a cohesive put together thing is really astounding. Um, I know we've talked about this at least a bit off air, but Cameron, I'm curious now that I've made you listen to both songs and then the, the one song, it sounds a lot alike, like what your first first hand opinions are. I think honestly, this is what's what gets me is they're both listenable. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like a gimmick. Uh, they feel, uh, I'm going to say safe. Yeah. Um, like if if you told me this was a normal band, I wouldn't like squint and go, "Wait a minute, I think this is AI." So it passes, but it's not like it's some sort of inspirational new thing where it's like, "Whoa, this is the future of music." Uh, I I think if the goal with this is just to be kind of like fun and silly, yeah. Uh, especially that second song was like it was like a children's nursery rhyme. Yeah, the second song is weird because it is like way dumber than the first one which is already pretty stupid and uh a lot more a lot less complicated uh well, it, it's, it's just more the 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 refrain is very much like a nursery rhyme that it's lyrically like not very metal at all it's very silly yeah the first um, one was like a collection inspired. of random words you would hear in a metal song yeah it was like your thunder uh, the mountains fall and everyone dies and so like, yeah okay and then, like, the second one, it's like, bye-bye, wintertime, here comes summertime, I don't like wintertime, it's cold. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then, like, I, I love the, the animation, too, where there's, like, a part where all these, like, cult members are behind the band, and they're all waving goodbye to wintertime. Yeah, it's really goofy. It's goofy, and it was also entertaining in a way where it's like, you know, it's catchy, I, I can't lie. Right. Um, I thought it was very, yeah, it was interesting knowing that it's AI. I sort of sit here and like watch it and I'm trying to analyze. Um, I actually showed it to a coworker that likes metal music and the first song. And I said, Hey, listen okay. to this. And he was like, Hey, that's okay. And he was asking like, what's the band and stuff. And I'll well, just keep listening. And I had him listen to like pretty much half the song. Um, and he was like, yeah, they're not bad. And I, I was explaining to him, well, this is AI generated. And he just, he didn't believe it. Um, and I was telling him, like, yeah, well, here's the name, you should do some research on it. And he, he found it really interesting, but it was uh, it was interesting that kind of passes a test where you don't catch it. Yeah, and, like, the comments on that first video especially, like, are a lot of people not understanding or don't believe it's AI. They get told that, and, like, oh, who told you that? And you're like, well, it's on their website. And like, oh, yeah, I bet they're just telling you that. There's no way. You know, like, there's this immediate pushback, like, this can't be because it's, like, it passes that test. I ended up listening to an interview that one of their developers did with Nick Nocturnal, who's a, a guitar YouTuber and does a lot of, like, music react stuff. And it was a really interesting conversation because uh, they went somewhat in-depth on it. And I wish I wish they had gone further. And, like, there's philosophical questions that are at play here. Um, the crux of it is, is they've been working on this. I think there was a team of it's either five or ten people. 
they're all musicians, but they're also software developers. Some of them have been like pretty far in the industry, you know, been in, in decently sized bands, uh, signed with labels. And it sounds like they kind of just wanted to see if they could do this and, and have a have a thing that worked. Like it, it's sort of a game. So you get five to ten people together. They've been working on it for over two years, which in that time, like they could have easily formed multiple bands and written like multiple albums. Uh, and they're not anywhere near done with this to the point where they're like satisfied with it. So it's not like it's not quick. That first song, they they generated 20 different tracks and then took bits and pieces from them, uh, had the machine that they're creating. You know, They call it the machine, have it iterate and fix and, and keep going until they were basically happy with what they had. And so it was a, a very like handpicked set of decisions. And then it was mixed and mastered by a human. And then the video was actually done by a person. They're hoping that they can do AI videos with all of this assets, but they're not there yet. So the, the video was hand animated. I don't know about the, ne- the second video because that one is definitely not as good. <laughs> but that, that's, uh, that's uh, very broad strokes of, of kind of what, what they're, they're aiming at and what they're doing. And so to me... There's so much human involvement in this with like picking the arrangements, almost creating the arrangements that it doesn't feel that AI generated. Like when I think of AI, I think of like you type something into mid journey and it spits out a couple of pictures and there's no involvement other than, your, you know, the 10 to 15 words you typed in. Whereas if this is OK, we took the best parts of 20 different songs and then made them one song. That's a lot of work. I think that. That's a part of this AI conversation that I'm not hearing enough of is that this example of um, them using these tools to assist in their work, but really there's a human element like threading it. That's what like AI, that's what the AI future actually is. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people look at this, like you can go to a website and type in a word of like puppy wearing a hat and it'll give you like a, a half puppy, half hat and you go, hi, look at the picture. Uh, sorry, artists, you've been replaced. And it's like, I don't think you understand how <laughs> anything works. Yeah. they Their goal, though, is they wanted to get better. They would ultimately like to not have to have this much human involvement in it. And I guess my answer to or my follow up to that statement, though, is why? Like, I feel like the human involvement is ultimately what makes it feel like art and not AI generated art, you know, like with that qualifier. Mm hmm. And it's cool if you can get a machine to be so good that you can't tell the difference. Like I, I get like the uh, the kind of tech bro mindset or just the the Frankenstein mindset of like, what can we do? But I think that also that point defeats the purpose of like the artistic expression like this. To me, there is an artistic expression in here. It's it's not a you know, it's not a smart one. It's very silly. It's power metal meets death metal. But it is. It was somewhat put together enough by a person and i think that shows and so to continue to remove that like i i think it's almost going to make it worse music it would be my my one of my worries anyways um i really wish nick nocturnal had, had brought that up because that to me is like there's the 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 machine parts of this which i think are really interesting and fun to talk about like how did you train it uh what's the process like you know what's what's the interface like all that stuff but then there's like the philosophical question of like yeah but what is art and then where do you draw the line and where do you stop with this so you don't cross it? The other um, 
interesting thing like with this uh and I'll, I'll i'll quit the the music example in a little bit so we can move on to some other stuff if we want but um because the music industry is very litigious they had to kind of start from the ground up and so they're not sampling other songs that exist they were feeding their own riffs their own drum work uh, they hired a vocalist to record mostly just like words and syllables in different ways so they could like build a library of sounds for for the the main orc vocalist to use and the whole thing was built from the ground up that way which is interesting because it made them treat this like a band and not like i don't know like an excel spreadsheet uh because like the one guy they were interviewing was like oh i'm the rhythm guitar teacher like i teach the rhythm guitar by playing lots of rhythm guitar and telling the algorithm this is what rhythm guitar is this is what the purpose is in the song Here's where you're supposed to sit. Here's kind of what what you do to drive the thing. And so it's very arrangement based. They even hired like actual composers to like, I guess, teach the algorithm composing. And so it, it's supposed to be the output actually feels like a band playing a song because it was taught that way. It wasn't just fed a ton of death metal songs. And it was like, hey, make stuff like sounds like this. And I think one of the reasons why it works then is that it had this like human element just in the teaching process it wasn't just fed data it was fed very specific curated data um to the point even where the the song itself if you open it up in a in a program like it's not perfectly aligned to the grid which a lot of modern metal music is it it, it drifts around a little bit it, it's it actually in some ways sounds more groovy and human than like modern deathcore which is very time aligned very robotic sounding because everything has to be perfect and everything has to be the, the exact same loudness. And this doesn't have that, which is really funny to think that they went out of their way to make the AI song sound a bit more human and less like refined than actual music, which has got so much production on it now that it might as well be, you know, like fakes may be the wrong word, but there is a lot of fakery in, in modern music production. Well, yeah, and it goes back to the point about like AI assistance. Uh, I remember this, there was this artist going around where, um, he basically set up an AI using his own work. And what he was doing was he was constructing it to, uh, do his shading for him because that's the one step he hates the most. And he spends the most of time on. Oh, and so he put in like basically his body of work and said, this is how I shade. And now he can do the line art. He can do the coloring. He puts that in the thing, says shade it, and it comes back, and then he does the cleanup and the rendering and the touch-up. And it saved him, like, hours. Yeah. Uh, you know, per, it, it's like a couple hours per piece. So the time it took to train it, and then the time he's getting back now, made up for it. And now he can take on more work because he can work faster. And everybody was mad at him for using AI and not being a real artist. And now there's this thing going around on Twitter where someone will like, uh, they'll they'll be looking to commission an artist, but they'll also have uh, demands that you have to record and upload like a video of you doing the whole thing to prove that you didn't cheat. And it's like, okay, do you, do you want the piece done, or are you just paying to inconvenience someone for a length of time? It yeah that it. I think both sides of like the spectrum, as far as the like capitalist spectrum here, the people making stuff and the people buying stuff, like don't really know what to do with this. And we've, we've kind of seen that a bit just crop up in everyday life. Like I know artists in my writers group that are like, 
I swear to God, every day they post some new thing about how AI art is killing the industry and here's what you can do and here's petitions to sign. And none of them are particularly talented artists. Like, they're fine, but I wouldn't commission them. And so part of me is like, you know, you could be getting better at your craft or trying to refine your style to a point where, like, it cannot be mimicked by a computer. I think, I don't, I don't like that that is something you have to do. I understand, like, the existential dread of, of this. Like, I've seen people create AI-generated, you know, stories, right? Like, that bothers me as a, as a novelist and a short story writer. But at the same time, like, there, I like the idea of, like, the guy being like, oh, yeah, I use it to shade. Um, one of the YouTubers I follow, he's like, I get writer's block really hard when I look at an empty Word document. So I've been using ChatGPT to write the first paragraph of all of my videos. And then I'll have the first paragraph done, and then I'll write the rest of it. And then if I don't actually like the first paragraph, I'll rewrite it. But usually it's kind of good because it's just like the introductory, you know, here's what we're going to talk about for this band or, or this, uh, this music topic. And ChatGPT is good enough to, you know, spit out a, an introduction with the thesis statement and, and you know, here's what we're going to talk about. And those, those paragraphs suck to write. I've had to write those things before. They're, they're really boring. They're, they're really hard. Because they, they are like the grounding, you know, cornerstone of the document or the, the work instruction or whatever they are. So I, I can see the benefit of like skipping that bullshit so you can get to the fun stuff. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think uh, there's two sides to this that I feel very conflicted about. And in a way, we're crossing into a very new thing. There's a very new and unprecedented change that we're looking at coming and we've never done this before and the effects no matter what we do to navigate it will be unreversible yeah at the same time this is a rerun and every time there's some sort of new development everybody flips out and then we move on and it's very difficult to think about that half when you're on the front half of it but I think there's going to be a time where whatever AI ends up being, humanity as a species continues to operate as humans. And, you know, there's going to be kids that are born today that don't know the world without AI, and they're never going to think about it. Yeah. Um, I think I've talked about it before. Do you, do you remember when, like, they invented bicycles? No. Uh, people hated bicycles dude like there was such a huge anti-bicycle movement i feel like i've talked about this on the show before so i'll be kind of brief but i don't know if i remember this but we drink a lot on this show we do um th th you can find these great political cartoons of like how evil bicycles are uh there's this one where there's like uh, there's a blacksmith and a veterinarian that are beating a bicycle to pieces in the street while the whole town cheers. That's none of, um. None of this funny. ringing a bell. No, none of this is ringing a bell. But I, I like the visual. Uh, there were these like zingers. There was this whole thing about like you know beware the zingers because those youth they zoom by so fast they'll practically set you on fire. It's a hazard. They no no man was meant to travel that quickly. Uh, oh, pastors wow. were like preaching about how the the writing sensation uh, fills women's thoughts with impure thoughts in their head. Uh, it, it was basically like 
if if bicycles replace horses, it's upsetting the whole like horseshoe blacksmith industry, the horse industry, horse care, horse feed. Like basically, they're they're all out of work because bicycles. And who's making money? Some guy that sells bicycles. Fuck that guy. And you just kind of you fast forward to now, and you don't think twice about our lack of horses right now because. Like, if I go down to the street corner, there's not a horse salesman that's, like, homeless, and he's like, I can't sell horses. Because it just, it never came up in his life. Every every major technological, like, breakthrough is going to disrupt industries, right? I think the, the thing with the AI stuff right now that's different about it is, one, it's hitting artistic movements, which are generally like, hey, these are the things you do after you get home from work. So when 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 industries like when work gets interrupted and you're like, oh, yeah, moving around is better because we have bicycles now and that changes the way transportation works, which can change a lot of stuff. We're like, well, that's ultimately that's a net positive because things move around faster. You can exercise better. Uh, you don't have to take care of horses. There's less horse shit on the roads because people are using bikes and bikes don't poop. With like music, though, like this is recreational stuff or writing, uh, painting, digital art, like the idea of, of of instead of using machine learning and AI to fix the stuff we don't want to do at work, we're using it to, I don't know, remove some of the humanity from the humanities is definitely something that I don't like. And it, it, it makes me kind of go, ooh, I, I really don't know where things are going to go here, but I can like envision a world there where it's not good, right? Like, I'm somewhat cautiously I, optimistic, but cautiously yeah. is the big word. I, I think the thing that I, as I feel you, I think that what's the funny thing is that the both of us are kind of on the same page in this. Um, mm. I I do want to point out the volume of like new music that's released that just sounds like it was made in a lab, anyways. Oh sure, and the way that like uh, I don't know how many animation pilots I've seen where a studio will not pick them up, so they just never get their cartoon made. And it's like, you know, with AI tools, you could just make your own damn cartoon, and you don't need the studio. And there's an element of it where, if used correctly, we could enter an art renaissance. And if used incorrectly, we move on the same track we've already been moving. Which... I I think that's a... It's by far the worst outcome... It's just that, I, like, for the first time in a while, I'm seeing an off-ramp where there's a different option. Because, like, frankly, I, I'm i so burnt out on Marvel movies right now. <laughs> like, even, like, I still like the ones that I like, but it's, like, the idea of watching Guardians 3, I just, I don't want to go. I am so done hearing these quips and shit. Yeah. I think, I, I, I've mentioned this before, I remember listening to a podcast that talk, was talking about ChatGPT and AI, and it's like, well, if you fed uh, an algorithm every Stephen King novel... Even after he died, you could keep making Stephen King novels. I think no, and that that upset me greatly for a lot of reasons. But part of it is like, if someone handed you a book, like a four hundred page book, and was like, "You should read this," it was written by an AI and had no human involvement. Would you even want to read it? I think, um, I think I would as a novelty. But if you go into Barnes and Noble and all the books are like, there's an AI section or it just becomes the norm that that's how books are written. I uh, no, I wouldn't. Because to me, like the point of reading a book or listening to a song or, or looking at a picture for more than like 10 seconds is 
oh, a human made this. This is, you know, something with a lot of passion and work and hours and editing and all that stuff when involved. And like, it's trying to say something, well, maybe it's not, but usually they are. And like, you're, you're, you're connecting to, to some fun, you know, voodoo concept of humanity or whatever. Like, you know, you get, you get a fulfillment out of looking at art that I don't think you get from AI stuff. And so all the fun mid journey things I see, like they're fun and I go, that's cool. And then I scroll by. Because there's nothing really like there to captivate me. And with the, the song that works, it's like, oh, I think this works because a lot of people iterated and basically forced the AI things that into an actual song. And there was enough human involvement where it still has that like spark of humanity. And the, the better that algorithm gets and the more hands off they get, I think it'll just be like, oh, that's neat. Maybe I'll listen to it once to see if it's good because it's four minutes. But I won't like... I won't want to go back to it. Like I can name multiple bands that sound like Frostbite Orc Kings that I would rather listen to because they're like, you know, struggling artists that are fighting to get labels and stuff. Like go listen to Crimson Shadows. They got those guys fucking rock. They they do this just as well. And they're real people. So I mean, I and I think we talked about this not too long ago, so I won't tread over it again, but I I, I feel icky most of the time. And I'm trying to focus on how can this be used correctly? Yeah. Um, because it's very easy to uh, to go into the hardware store and look at a hammer and go, you know, yeah, there's a lot of intrusive thoughts right now, but I bet I could build a birdhouse. Yeah, that's a funny way to put it. Okay, so um, I want to take a little bit of time here to uh, go, let's go back to the song section, okay? Okay. I set up this AI called Opinions or Cheap Bot. Okay. And I asked, can you help me write parody song lyrics? And it said yes. So what uh what's our first song here? Um No, you're wrong. I asked it to write lyrics to the song Like a Virgin. Okay. But the lyrics are about Jurassic Park. I like it so far. Uh do you want to sing it? I don't know the. I don't know if I know like a virgin off the top of my head. I feel who sings this? A weird owl when he when he sings like a surgeon. Okay. I see now. If you had opened that way, I'd be like, oh, that's okay. I, I like that. that like a virgin, helped. weird owl, and it was like, oh, you you you're doing both. You fucked up here. <laughs> okay. Um. I don't know this song at all. I made it through the park gates. First time in my life. Oh boy, I'm feeling so great. Like a T-Rex on the hunt tonight. I know the park's dangerous. But I'll take the risk, it's true. I'll be a fearless ranger and see what these dinos can do. Because I'm a I'm paleontologist in a land of ancient beasts. I'm gonna dig up all the fossils and explore the park with ease. Because I'm a Jurassic virgin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never been before. 
but I'll explain this world of wonders and always come back for more. So I'm going to stop there, but it literally did like write out the whole song. And I appreciate the effort, but I mean, I think we can agree that that wasn't very good. And like your prompt had a lot of places you could go with and it didn't go in any of them. Yes. Um, so, I mean, like if if I wanted to uh, more seriously construct this song, it would take several iterations of the prompt and I would be giving it feedback. Um, did you watch that video on programming Flappy Bird? No. Uh, did I send it to you? I meant I to. I should. No, I think you did. And I was okay. like, oh, I'll have to watch that next time I paint. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, it, it's one of those background videos. Um, but uh, long story short, what he did as an experiment was he set up Unity. He went to ChatGPT. He said, hey, uh, I want you to program Flappy Bird. Um, the, the, it works like this. You have a bird. When you hit the space button, you fly. Like, it makes you jump. And you go to the right to avoid objects and it said okay open unity open a script thing and copy paste this in and it gave him code so he copy pasted the code in and it ran and it was basically the iterations of going back and forth and saying well let's add a score or oh there's a problem where if you fall at the bottom of the screen you don't stop so we have to remind it that that's how you stop and so it took like testing but functionally it it was there like it did program a game in unity and it's interesting because in a way, it's like, oh, this could be a helpful tool when you're trying to do something. You can just ask the AI to, like, logic it out. Understanding the language may be a little better than you do. But at yeah. the same time, uh, like, this guy in particular has enough experience. He could have made this faster. And so I want to see, like, a more real-world example <laughs> where it's benefiting instead of these, like, classroom examples. Yeah, I mean, I, and I've heard other, like, software people kind of talk about this, and it's largely, like, it's a neat tool because it can help you troubleshoot things that are annoying to troubleshoot, but it sounds like the code it gives you isn't always, like, efficient, which is a really big deal, especially if you're in game design, where, like, everything has to run really fast because, you know, your your game's got to run on lots of different kinds of computers. Yes. And it's um, one of those things where it's the tool, it's how you use it, it's not... It's the hammer, you know, if, I'm trying to, I, I'm fucking up the metaphor. That sounds right. It's okay. Uh, So yeah, this wasn't like the best one. Um, I did cut you off. Did you have an idea for a parody song lyric? I did not. I, I gave you all this time to think of one. I know. Um, I don't know the song well enough. I will say some of the, um, one of the other things I kind of wanted to touch on with this though is if you, and this would be more of the bad side of this, like if you type in AI digital art business in YouTube, there's a lot of videos on how to make a bunch of money selling AI art prints online. And now I don't actually know if any of this works. I haven't watched any of these videos because they all give me douche chills. But it does seem like this would, I, I, I guess as someone like who, if I needed art, I would prefer it not to be AI generated because I can do that myself. Um... But also, you know, it seems like hey, making videos on this might make you more money than actually selling the artwork. Yeah, I guess. kind of the, the um, vibe I'm getting. The, the thing, when you mention that, again, what, what I go back to is that's already the status quo. Like, before this was a thing, 
you could go to YouTube and find hundreds of videos about selling your own soap or how like sure. investing in a timeshare or whatever, you know, yeah, like scammy YouTube videos uh, didn't crop up with AI. It's just another it's just another avenue for scammy YouTube videos. For sure. Well, while yeah. I have opinion I, I bought do... up, what 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 should I generate? Um, generate the coolest uh, Warhammer 40k orc. Okay, generate the coolest Warhammer 40k orc. Uh, here's a description of a cool Warhammer 40k orc. Name: Scarbosh Ruckatrash. The appearance: Scarbosh. Oh, that's a fucking dope name. Ruckatrash is a towering figure standing nine. No, yeah, nine feet tall. With bulging muscles and green skin, he wears a patchwork of armor and clothing with metal plates, leather straps, and animal pelts adorned with crude glyphs and symbols. His head is shaved except for a long top knot of hair that he has dyed red, and his face is adorned with tribal tattoos and piercings. Uh, he wields a massive battle axe that crackle no, it crackles with electricity, and custom-built shooter that fires large explosive rounds. He also carries a pair of jagged knives for close combat, because the axe is not for close combat. Um, Scarbosh Ruckatrash is the natural leader and strategist, able to inspire his fellow orcs to greater feats of violence and mayhem. He is also incredibly tough and resilient, able to withstand even the most punishing attacks and keep fighting. He is charismatic and cunning for an orc with an act for strategy. Um, I feel like it's like repeating itself. Yeah. So to me, the only good thing that was generated was the guy's name. name. And you know what? Name generators have existed for a very long time. And you know what? I use them all the fucking time when I'm writing and I don't feel like coming up with names. I I love um, that there was uh, an update. I want to say it was Google updated their like, you know how they have their own version of Microsoft Office? Yeah. So they put in an AI assistant into all that. Did you see that? I had heard about it. I think people were like mad um, because that's what always happens. Well, they were mad because it didn't work and it also broke other things that used to work. Oh, well, and, there you go. And one great example was uh, somebody typed in a calendar. They, they basically set up a calendar on Excel and they wrote in January and they wrote in February and then they typed in finish the calendar. And so it went January, February, Maruary, Apriary, Marchuary, January, Julyuary, Septemberary, Augury, Novemberary. <laughs> like it, it was interesting that it came up with that because it clearly recognized the order of the months, but mm -hmm. it also did not seem to parse out like, oh, there's a pattern between these two words. I get it. I know what to do. It's like no, just name the months. Like, it's overthinking somehow. I remember telling this once, I think, but uh, we were researching anti-static floors at work, and my boss typed it into ChatGPT and handed me what it printed off, and he's like, I think we figured it out. And then I continued to research it like a normal human being, and what ChatGPT told us to do was pretty much wrong from start to finish, or at least it was missing very crucial steps that uh, if you didn't do, the floor would not be anti-static. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um yeah. I I think there's a very uh there's a there's a concern the way that people seem to think that ChatGPT can like do things. 
especially because it's like free. <laughs> like you, you think it would yeah. raise alarms if it if it literally could replace everyone's jobs and it was just optional. Like, oh yeah, it's for free. Just do it. Um, I can think of a good example with it. Uh, a guy in my WoW guild, he was complaining that um, he basically got this new job, but to complete the process, they wanted him to resubmit his resume with a cover letter. And he just, he didn't know how to write a cover letter. And I said, have ChatGPT do it. And he was like, uh, like no, I don't want to do that. And he basically whined for half an hour. And so I went to ChatGPT and wrote up, like I had, you know, cover letter for your new job at Jurassic Park that you're really excited to start. And it farted out like a perfectly formatted cover letter talking about like, you know, mopping up after the raptors and shit. Yeah. And I, and I copy pasted that over to him and said, here, replace Jurassic Park with your company name. Like, you know, just like, look at this. It's, it, it's done. It took me two seconds. And he was like, oh, yeah, I get it. Writing cover letters sucks. Like, there are certain things that you have to do in your life that are terrible, and if you could make a computer do them for you so you don't have to, like, I'm I'm not going to say no to that, you know? Like, I understand, ah. like, there, the, uh, the, the, the things that people are afraid of, there's things that I'm afraid of with this. I, a couple days ago, I sent you a picture that was generated through MidJourney. That was kind of cool. It had some, like, monsters on it. It was very, like kind of Bloodborne-esque, very Geiger-esque. And I was like, this is a neat picture. The funny thing is, is the guy that generated it said he spent two months coming up with the perfect prompt to get this. And that made me laugh really hard because that's stupid. Like, imagine spending two months on a prompt for (laughs) mid-journey. Okay, I want to send you this one. So I went here and I said, write a World of Warcraft style quest where Scarbosh, a rucka trash, asks us to collect five fish pelts. Oh boy. Like five fish pelts for Scarbosh, rucka trash. Quest description. Scarbosh, rucka trash has a great respect for the natural world and the world and the creatures that inhabit it. He has noticed that the fish in the nearby river may be growing more and more powerful, and he believes that their pelts would make excellent armor for his fellow orcs. He has tasked you with the important job of collecting five fish pelts from the river. Okay. To complete this quest, you must venture to the river on the outskirts of the orc encampment and hunt down the powerful fish. Fish are not to be taken lightly as they have grown to a formidable size and have developed deadly abilities. Fair enough. You will need to use all of your skills and cunning to defeat them. Once you've collected the fish pelts, return to him and the orc encampment. He will be pleased with your success and reward you with a valuable piece of orc armor. A large sum of gold. Quest rewards, one piece of valuable orc armor, a large sum of gold. Uh, Additional notes, this quest is available for players of all levels. Okay. The fish can be found in the river. Okay. Fish are powerful and require a group of players to defeat. Oh, so it's multiplayer. Uh, The orc encampment is located in a dangerous area, so players should be prepared for battle at all times. So I really want to see stuff like this implemented in an MMO. Um, I think if you construct it with enough restrictions and rules and patterns, it could be very interesting. Specifically because when I think about like Worldcraft quests, that Warcraft quests, they're typically super boring and like there's not a lot to them. There might be flavor text, but half the time it's like, like, you know, no one's reading this. So just kind of like, oh, wow, we have to stop them. That, those bandits. There's some crazy bandits. Go stop those bandits. 
And so it's like, I kind of wish that you could walk into town and an NPC you've never talked to before will like have a quest marker. And they're like, hey, can you go get some bread from this other town? And you go there and then it's like, oh, help, my uh, my husband's missing. And you find out he was captured by ghosts. And it's like, it would be interesting to just like mix things up randomly. Because it would basically be the same stuff, but it wouldn't be repeat every single time you level up a new character. It could still be formulaic, so, but... My issue with this, though, is that, like, it starts off with, there's a great respect for the natural world and the creatures that inhabit it, and you're like, okay, the fish have been growing more and more powerful, that's weird, that's not supposed to happen. Go kill them, and, you know, it, it, it sets up a thing, like a mystery, and then in a in kind of a character moment, and then it doesn't do anything with them. It just turns it into a generic WoW quest, which is kind of lame. Um... And so, like, I'm looking at this, and, like, there's stuff here that fits in with a, a standard World of Warcraft quest. Uh, but also, I'll, I'll, I feel like it's more of a miss than, than, a, than a hit. I think, I think that's true. Uh, but this is also, like, a generic AI that's not designed to do this. Yeah, like I, I want, um, I want this specifically for what I would label. Like, let's say I'm doing the game design doc. I would have tiers of quests. I would have like main story quests, epic quests, lore quests, and then mundane quests. And like the main story ones would be the stuff that you put on the front of the box. Uh, epic are gonna be like the very carefully designed multiplayer challenges. Uh, there's gonna be lore ones where if you want to do actual world building and actual character development, that's where your writers are doing. But then the mundane stuff is when the local uh, bread lady needs help getting more bread, and it doesn't fuck with the lore. It doesn't introduce characters. It, it doesn't even have to like properly motivate characters. It's just kind of like, will you help me find my dog? And you can just say, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. And it, and you won't feel guilty about it. Yeah. That that makes sense. Because basically um, what that and, would and like hypothetically too, do is it gives more time for your writers to not have to write about fish pelts. Right. There, There's a... It comes down to you know efficient use of time, and like you you save you save time on the stuff people don't really want to do. At the same time, like I don't know, like for the people that do read all of the um all of the flavor text and whatnot, like I think outsourcing that to AI is kind of doing them a disservice if it's not going to be edited or fixed. Like you take the first like two sentences of what you generated <laughs> and then you you fix the rest of it and actually have it make some kind of sense. I yeah, you know, that's very fair. Um I wanna Okay here. Um another example of AI and I so this this mod it's clearly a fan thing. So I'm gonna hand wave the unethical part of it. Okay. But somebody went through, and what they did was they took all the quest text from World of Warcraft Classic, and they put it in a voice AI. And they set up this mod so that as you're playing, if you get to a quest, all the quest text is now voiced. And what's kind of interesting about it is, um, like, this streamer does it, but a lot of people did, is that you just wouldn't read it that much. 
you get the details and go, okay, I got to go north. And so you go north. And so yeah. what's funny is that now that everything's being read out loud, it's like, whoa, I didn't realize this is in the game. I'd, whoa, this is dark. What? Um, I got this, like, time stamped here. <laughs> and of course there's a couple issues here where like the tone like shifts a couple times it's not perfect but yeah. at the same time it's like a fun kind of gimmick and it's like it's just a toy people are playing with right now but it makes me wonder too like what will the future be like because at some point um there's gonna be just like ai voiced npcs and games like that's just gonna become a norm at some point right I can't yeah. see them not doing that one. So it's going to be like both weird. It It's going to be, I think there's going to be an uncanny Valley period where people are going to laugh at like, Oh, those, those 2027 games, everyone talked weird, but we'll see. I'm trying to generate uh, an image similar to what that guy spent two months on. Mm-hmm. But stable diffusion doesn't seem to understand what in the style of HR Geiger means. Really? That kind of surprises me. Which is me. fucking frustrating. So, I mean, I think Mid Journey is made for that kind of shit way better. I know it's all learned on stable diffusion, but it's it's like stable diffusion data plus some some, you know, bumpers and gutters so things don't go totally fucked up. I've never had a lot of luck with stable diffusion by itself. <laughs> I think that's a the the AI art stuff though like I find it so difficult to get something specific that I want that it doesn't ever seem worth it I'd rather just go find the bits and pieces and photoshop something because I've tried to like oh I wrote a short story it'd be cool to have a little picture to go with it because people respond better to pictures than words I'll, I'll AI generate a scene from the story and then I, I spend like, I don't know, five minutes on it and I don't get anything in any realm close to what I want and I go, fuck it, this is a waste of time, I don't care anymore. And I know the new stuff, you know, Mid Journey Plus and all these other things that you can find, like they're tailor-made for specific stuff and it's getting easier and better to kind of get what you want but at the end of the day, this guy spent two months on his prompt to get the picture he wanted and that's a lot of time to get a picture you can't copyright. I I want to close out with one more generation. Okay. And I think this one actually turned out pretty good. Um, I, I feel like you would appreciate it. But I, I asked it to write a commercial for something in the style of Lovecraft. Oh, boy. Oh, shit. There's a lot here. The scene opens up on a dark and stormy night. The camera pans over a desolate town that buildings and... Oh, there's a thing in the way. It wants me to, like, react or something. No, I don't want to copy this. What the fuck, Steam? The buildings are decrepit and decaying. The streets are empty. Suddenly, a neon sign flickers to life, illuminating the scene and revealing the twisted and gnarled shape of a Wiener Schnitzel restaurant. Narrator, in a deep, ominous voice, Welcome to Wiener Schnitzel, a place where hunger meets its ultimate end. The camera zooms in on the restaurant, revealing the twisted and grotesque architecture of the building, and the windows are jagged and misshapen. The door is twisted and rusted inside. The kitchen is filled with bubbling vats of oil and strange mechanical contraptions. Narrator. Our food is not of this world. It is a culinary abomination. Abomination, sorry. 
crafted by the most twisted and depraved culinary minds. I want to stop you right here. None of this is how Lovecraft writes at all. So no, but it's a funny visual. Mark. It's a funny visual, but it's not. It's not in the style of. No, it's not. The camera. <laughs> The camera pans over to a group of twisted and gnarled chefs, each one with a madness in their eyes. They work tirelessly, chopping and frying with the demented glee. Narrator again. Our ingredients are sourced from the most unspeakable depths of the universe. Only the most exotic and forbidden meats and spices will do. I actually kind of like that line. That's good. The camera zooms in on a tray of steaming hot dogs, each one pulsing with a malevolent energy. They are covered in a thick black sauce that seems to writhe and twist on its own. Narrator. (laughs) Our menu is not for the faint of heart. It is a a descent into madness, a journey into the darkest corners of your soul. The camera zooms out, revealing a line of customers waiting outside the restaurant. Each one is dressed in a strange and unusual clothing with a look of fear and anticipation in their eyes. Narrator again. To our Wiener Schnitzel, if you dare, but beware, for our food is not of this world. It will take you to the edge of sanity and beyond. He's like Buzz Lightyear. The camera zooms in on a customer taking a bite of a hot dog, his eyes bulging with pleasure and pain. He looks up at the camera, his face twisted in a grotesque smile. It is not dead, which can eternal lie, and with strange aeons, even death may die, and so too shall my hunger be sated. The screen fades to black with the glowing neon sign of Wiener Schnitzel flickering in the distance. The sound of distant chanting can be heard in the background. So, yeah, to your point, it's not actually written in his style. Uh, but I'm having fun with it. I will say there are a couple of lines in here that are very good. The fact that it it he it did the uh, it is not dead which can eternal lie thing. Um, and then so can my hunger. Like that's clever. That is like a good shit post line. <laughs> uh, I appreciate the fuck out of that. So and now then, uh, the food taking you to the edge of sanity and beyond, I think, is like very funny. I'm going to go to Midjourney and type in, um, let's see, uh, Lovecraft Horror um, 4K Resolution Wiener Schnitzel Hot Dog Horror Again Steal from <laughs> Deviant Art Render. There you go. I should have done that while you're reading. <clears throat> oh, um, that's okay. So, I mean, we we had a lot of fun tonight, but also we didn't answer any of the world's uh, pressing questions either. We did not. I, I, I don't I, I hope I didn't sound too glib on this because I do think there are legitimate concerns with uh, what's going on it's with the people that are really helming this, with the people that are, are really afraid of it. Like there's a lot to this that we couldn't. Like, I, I can't cover all of my opinions on AI-generated stuff in an hour. Um, and I don't even know if I actually know all of my opinions on AI-generated stuff. They kind of change by the day. Some days I'm like, shit, this is kind of frightening. I don't like this. Other times it's like, oh, this is cool. This could be a neat time saver. Um, or, hey, this is... I, I appreciate the ethos of what this company is doing because that the Frostbite Orc Kings guy, like, they were asked, hey, are you going to just use this to pump out music? Like... You know, you could do albums a week. And they said, no, we don't want to do that. That would, like, totally cheapen it. We want to treat this like a band. We want to do releases every couple years. We we don't want to sell this to the public and have people just generate their own music and clog SoundCloud and, and Bandcamp with it. Like, they're doing it kind of just to see if they can and because they're having fun. And they're going to use it for themselves. And, and 
I don't know. It, it seems like they kind of know what they're doing. But then I'm like, yeah, well, what happens when, I don't know, DreamWorks is like, hey, we want to start some, some music stuff. We're going to pay you for this. You know, will someone write them a check they can't refuse? And all of a sudden now this is in the hand of, of a company we don't like because we don't think they are ethical because that could happen. So, you know, a lot, a lot of good things start with good intentions and then they don't end up that way. Road to Hell is paved with good intentions. And so that kind of stuff worries me. As a, as a vocalist, as an artist, like trying to cover the song, like they release the instrumental and they're like, hey, can you scream like an orc? And I'm like, I don't think I'm as good as this fucking AI orc. Uh, the stuff he's doing is like, I mean, the, the, his bass level scream and distortion is like nothing crazy, but it's it's got the power of a computer behind it. So it's basically perfect all the time. It's hard to do stuff like that uh i struggle like i spent a couple hours recording and i'm not done i gotta go back and you know redo things so i mean if there's if i write music and i I find an ai thing that does the the vocal stuff better than me now i'm torn do i do my own vocals because i like to do them and they're fun or do i generate them because it will sound better and people would prefer to listen to better stuff or maybe they want to listen to me though because i'm a human being and so there's there's things to think about and stress about. I'm, I, I don't, I don't want to downplay that. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, I, I wish that uh, we could approach this stuff level-headed and have these conversations. I'm finding it. I, I was venting a bit to you earlier in the week, but it's like I can't talk to anybody about this because it just turns into like an argument about like tech bros, and no one seems to have any understanding of like how anything works. They just yeah. have these like emotional responses that they're like, "Oh, you like X? Well, I, I, I like Y." And I just I'm getting tired. I know um, Andrew Heaton did like a political orphanage podcast, entirely generated by ChatGPT, and then he used a, a voice thing to make himself read it. And he was like, "Oh, this is a neat experiment. Tell me what you think of it." I'm like, "I'm not going to listen to that. Like, I, I'm not. I I don't want fake." robot you i'm listening to this because i like your opinions not what a computer thinks your opinions are like that totally misses the point of why i'm invested oh you didn't watch that one no i i I saw no value in that oh you you missed out it was like it was a comedy like it, it was very much a no one could listen to this and argue that it functions oh really like okay. it, yeah well, that's that's at least entertaining yeah i i might i might recommend uh like if you're extra bored, go back and find that episode. It's not like you're missing out, but okay. it, it is specifically because of the stuff we're talking about. It kind of demonstrated uh, the importance of the human element. Sure, sure. Um. So, uh, okay, I'm going to close with our uh, Lovecraft thing. I've never seen this before. It's uh, you know how with Midjourney, it'll like kind of process it in stages, and you see it develop. Yeah. So it started creepy, and it kept getting creepier as the forms took shape. It got to 99% done, and then I encountered an error that said it could not be completed. And now the whole chat is down. (laughs) And so now, knowing that, and you look at this picture, it's kind of creepy. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. It is like a really weird... um... The it's it's HP Lovecraft eating fucked up giant hot dogs that look like they're bleeding. It it reminds me of um kind of like the machine for pigs art style a little bit. 
That's a good way to put it. Or one of those kinds of like um, small studio horror games where it's very it's painterly, but it's kind of three D. Uh, I, I this is this is entertaining, and you know, no one, no one in their right mind who's good at digital art is gonna be like, you know what I want to do is draw H.P. Lovecraft eating fucked up hot dogs, like. And so, so Mid Journey comes along to fill the void. Well, I think I had my closing remarks. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say? And I think you wrapped up pretty well with your point there. Yeah, I think I think that was it. Is like. Especially like I, I'm doing a vocal cover of an AI generated song. That's fucking weird. I will be, you know, I mean, we we we've kind of talked about the how human is it, but like in a in a way, I'm the most human part of this, and I'm. That's a really weird mindset to approach it, but also because it's not real, I guess. Like I kind of don't care as much, so I'm trying to just plow through it and and have fun with it, which has been really beneficial to get me out of like I'm in a bad space with this. So. It comes full circle and is what it's being a useful tool. So uh, in that way, I don't know. It, it's all very strange. There's there's no one answer to anything. Um, and I enjoy talking to you and drinking. I enjoy talking to you and drinking too. Also, do you have a Glad Space, Cameron? I so this is like a a really lame Glad Space. But I actually, I really honestly want to say that I just like uh, talking to you and drinking. I like that too. I mean, um, I, I I was really excited for this episode, but I'm usually fairly excited to just hang out with you and talk about shit, right? It's just, yeah, it's such a good way to cap the Thursday. Thursdays, I, I always look forward to Thursdays. It's just, uh, it doesn't matter what topic, we get some random stuff sometimes. What what were you saying before the show? Like, we should talk about shonens or something? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> we'll do that too. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying Demon Slayer enough where I'm like, I want to talk about this again, but I want to talk about it in context. So let's um, do it. Yeah. For my glad space, uh, I finished, I finished that fucking Blood Orphans Gundam. I I I did oh, all the yeah, painting. Yeah. I did the varnish. I did the more painting. I did more varnish. It's in my basement. It should be totally dry and cured tomorrow, so I can take it to work and like photograph it with a good camera. And then I never have to build a Gundam again. Well, good job. I think it looked pretty. You showed some like work in progress stuff. I'm looking forward to like the proper photo shoot. Yeah, I don't know how I'm gonna pose it. I'm, I honestly, the goof is way or the guff is way easier to pose. Partly because it's got big honking feet, so it stands better. Yeah, but just um, like its armaments are, are it's so much easier to find like a natural formation on how it would like fight. Whereas these two swords, like this thing, is clearly supposed to like fly, and I don't have um a way for that to happen. So it's like okay, I, it will be in a resting position and not a, a cool battle position, but. Oh, well, the color scheme is neat. Yeah, I like it. I guess that's all, huh? I think so. I I, I hope this was a good one. I feel like yeah. I, I had a good time. Yeah, take care, everybody. And remember, um, if you have any fears, they're probably valid. Yeah. Blame your parents. <laughs>